You're listening to the Empowered Parent Podcast with Ryan and Kayla North, hosted by Chris Turner, a One Big Happy Home production. This podcast equips parents to empower their children and build healthy relationships throughout the home in order to see lasting change and thrive as a family. This is for families of all kinds, especially those who are parenting kids through adoption, foster care, kinship care, or in the process. This podcast is a trust-based, trauma-informed, connected parenting resource. To learn more, visit OneBigHappyHome.com. Greetings and welcome to another episode of the Empowered Parent Podcast. Normally, this is where I would say joining me once again or joining me as always are Ryan and Kayla North. However, we are one short of that duo this evening. The lovely Kayla is a little under the weather, so Ryan and I are getting together to kind of talk some dad stuff. Oh, I thought we were going to. I thought we agreed we were going to talk about Kayla and just like spill oh. all the beans on here. Now that she's well, you know, I, I figure we save that for the Patreon only uh, version of the podcast. Yeah, if you want the dirt on Kayla, you, you got to shell out a little cheese for it. So. Yeah. Okay. Well, that that's fair enough. That's fair enough. Um, <laughs> last episode we recorded, you said how you were, were trying to change it up and not saying as always. And I don't know if you saw the comment on Facebook from uh, I did. one of our listeners, <laughs> Holly Talbot. And she said, Chris, I listen in for your as always, but I don't tally them up. Maybe I should start. Well, it's not a maybe, Holly. Um, it's a <laughs> yes for us. So if anytime you do want to start doing that. Um, you can just um, send them to us or, yeah, I don't know. To, uh, Chris, where should she send them? To an email address? On Facebook? Yeah, just, just post she can send them to info at onebighappyhome.com. There you go. And then Ryan and I will... love a good spreadsheet. We'll, we'll share that back and forth. Yes. I, boy, do I love a good spreadsheet. <laughs> just makes sense, right? There's rows and there's columns and like there's, it gives you answers. It's, why it's I like ordered. Math. It's not Yeah, chaotic. it's ordered. It, it's why it's why I like math, right? One plus one is two. There's no ambiguity, right? I mean, there's and, and uh, you can tell me like this theoretical calculus or whatever. I, I get it, but the math <laughs> that normal people do, you know, like high school or college algebra. I mean, my gosh, I took a um, a calculus class in college and I absolutely hated it. Like like I love algebra. I actually worked as a um, algebra tutor on campus for a few semesters. And then I had to take, and it wasn't even full-blown calculus that math students had, you know, math majors had to take. It was like calculus for business majors. Oh, oh my gosh. It, <laughs> it was painful. But let me tie it into what we're doing here. Um, I was in that class, and, um, and, and the first test we took, while, the, while our professor was explaining how she didn't think we were super bright because of our class average, she literally told us, <laughs> you people aren't very smart. Um, but uh, while she was handing that out and telling us about our poor grade average on, on, the, on the exam, the guy in front of me uh, turned around and he made some smart aleck comments um, about what she was saying. And so we laughed and, um, and, stu- and, and talked a little bit after class and then, you know, well, yeah, met his, some of his friends and started playing basketball together on on Saturday, on Saturday mornings. Well, his name is Justin, and Justin has a friend named Micah, and so we're playing basketball. And then Micah invites me to go out with them, and where I meet Kayla North because Micah and Kayla were friends. So, so the genesis of me meeting my lovely bride is business calculus in college. There you go. Yeah. 
pray that was. You can't say you can't find love in numbers. That's right. Oh, my gosh. I would never say that. I love numbers. (laughs) (laughs) I said find love in numbers, not loving numbers. Yes, I see the difference now. All right. So since you don't want to talk about Kayla in front of everybody, (laughs) what do you want to talk about? I thought we would talk about the importance of presence, especially uh, of the father in the home and why it's so important uh, for families with kids from hard places. Because okay. all you have to do is look at any of those stats that get you know sent out across uh, mass media every so often about uh, what divorce rates do to uh, children in the home, how uh, children in, in divorced uh, homes are more likely to do X or more likely to fail at Y or more yeah. likely to, you know, all those sorts of things. And the one, one interesting thing that I've kind of learned over the years from uh, those sorts of things is that it doesn't necessarily apply to simply uh, a home where the father is not present physically. It can also apply in a home where a father is not present, um, I guess, in a metaphysical sense. You, you, yeah, your body's there. Yeah, right. Your body's yeah. there, but your mind and your heart are not. Yeah, and you so, gave you gave the you gave the calculus there, the metaphysical. I just went out <laughs> arithmetic, <laughs> emotional. Um, yeah, I mean, just just a lot there. First of all, when you said I want to talk about presence, I'm like, you know what? That is a good a good episode idea. We could review Led Zeppelin albums. Um, <laughs> presence, of course, from 1976. Um, famously, <laughs> took 18 days to write and record. Um, not a great Led Zeppelin album. Um, but anyhow, for <laughs> well, those of you who don't love end, Led so. Zeppelin, uh, for those who don't love Led Zeppelin, um, you know, it's interesting, you talk about this idea, idea of presence, right? You, you go back to the adverse childhood experiences um, study, and, 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 and a couple of those risk factors, those adverse experiences, they, one of them is divorce. Um, so you talk about the household dysfunction, right? Because we can all, we can, this, for those of you who, who don't really know about, about the adverse childhood experiences study from 94, Four ninety five is when it was first conducted. When they started mm-hmm. doing it, um, it's it's got ten aces, ten adverse childhood experiences, um, and those are uh, physical abuse, uh, emotional abuse, sexual abuse, physical neglect, emotional neglect. Are the first five aces, and then the last five aces are a group together called household dysfunction, mm-hmm. and and I think that these are important because we don't talk about these enough because particularly in foster care and adoption, we want we talk about abuse and neglect a lot. Um, one of the reasons being that a way that an investigation is triggered and, and oftentimes is the genesis of removal is when somebody calls the abuse and neglect hotline, right? I mean, so, right. so abuse and neglect is synonymous with foster care, but we don't often talk about the other five aces and they are uh, mental illness, incarcerated relative, substance abuse, mother treated violently and divorce and so um the reason those are important is because they do actually speak to some idea of of what we might call relationship poverty right and, right. and so and so it's, it's complicated because you know if, if somebody if there's mental illness in them this meaning one of the adults well well somebody who's struggling with, with some sort of you know mental illness whether that be a bipolar disorder or schizophrenia or something like that um it's really hard for them to have to be present in the way you described, right? right? If some, if you have an incarcerated parent, which you know statistically, it's going to be it's going to be the father figure, right? Who's incarcerated, right. then it's it's impossible 
for dad to be physically present. If there yep. is substance abuse in the home, again, when somebody's in a, in a state of intoxication, whether that be pharmacological or, or alcohol related, it's impossible for them to be present. When there's divorce, it's impossible for them to be present. And so, you know, I think those household dysfunction ACEs are, are super complicated because not only are they trauma indicators, but they're actually, um, they're multipliers for the abuse and neglect stuff, right? right? Because in a home where there's substance abuse, there's obviously going to be a correlation to a higher level of emotional and physical neglect, uh, physical abuse, yep. things of those natures. So, yeah, I think the presence um is is a super super important thing thing to talk about um and, and i think it's appropriate that you and i are talking about it because um you know dads dads sometimes get a, get a bad rap uh, oftentimes in terms of being present um sometimes deserved deservedly so because they are actually mm. absent uh but sometimes not deservedly so because because they are there and they are trying, um, but but they may be not being encouraged um, in, yep. in the way that they should be. And so speaking of encouragement, uh, like you just brought up, Ryan, uh, th that reminds me of my friend Rob, who uh, had to overcome that loss of presence mm. of, of his own father when he had children. Mm. And so... Uh, this was one of those kind of things of, you know how you begin a conversation on one topic, but you end up talking, end up somewhere completely different and even deeper than where you thought you were starting before. Yeah, we have several episodes so, like that. Uh, right. So my friend, Rob, my friend Rob is Catholic, and we were kind of talking about, you know, Protestant versus Catholic things one day, because uh, I'm on the Protestant side of the, of the aisle there. And... Uh, I was joking. I jokingly said something about uh, you know the near deification of, of Mary that we've seen. Those of us on the outside of the church th think happens within the church. I realize that there are whatever. We're not going to get into a, a, that philosophical discussion. But and then Rob shared with me that because his father, his relationship with his father was so absent even though his father was physically present within the home and he did not have a good, when he did have a relationship with his father, it was not a good one. Mm. Let's just say, yeah. let's just put it like that. Um, that colored how he saw God, the father. Sure. And it was the images of Mary as that compassionate, consoling mother that we see so often in icons and paintings that helped bridge his relationship to Christ and opened his heart to not be the kind of father that he had as an mm -hmm. example when he had children. And his story is one of those stories that I think of when I think of presence yeah. of here's someone who, who had a father physically present, but not emotionally present yeah. and did not give him the, the tools that he needed as a young man growing up to take with him out into the world for when he started his own family. And he, you know, he managed to overcome those things, but that's one of those, those things I always think about when I think of presence was is Rob and his relationship with his father. Hey friends, this is Dallas, your empowered parent podcast producer. I wanted to tell you about our Patreon page and how you can become a Patreon subscriber. If you go to patreon.com slash empowered parent, you can sign up to support our podcast starting at just $5 a month. 
You'll gain access to our exclusive Facebook group only for patrons. There's also other levels where you can get access to exclusive audio content and guest interviews, recorded classes, monthly Q&As to answer your questions, and also personal parent coaching where you can share some struggles you may be having and brainstorm ideas and get some resources to really help your family. And we so appreciate you listening. And we would love your support for the podcast and to become a part of our Patreon family of listeners. To sign up, visit patreon.com slash empowered parent. Yeah, because I think that's an important distinction that you're drawing there because you can be physically present, but be absent. Mm-hmm. Right. right. Um, and, 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 and I think that, that oftentimes when we look at things like the ACEs, we go, well, substance abuse. Well, I don't use illegal drugs, so I'm fine. Right. Okay, maybe. But the flip side of that is I was read, reading an article uh, for some reason about a year and a half ago in the Dallas Morning News. Um, it, somebody had linked to it, and, and the author was talking about his childhood. It was, it was child trauma related. And he said that even though he, he grew up in a home where both of his parents were in the home, his whole childhood, there was no divorce. He said, you know, my dad drank a lot. And the compelling memories of my childhood is the whiskey on my dad's breath. Mm. And so, and so, you know, if you, if you're, if and I'm not, this isn't going to be about alcohol or whatever, but to say that it is possible to be physically present without being emotionally present, right? So your presence, right isn't there you know i i've been i've been sort of chewing chewing on the you know sometimes like we write for social media these little words of wisdom at least in my mind they're words of wisdom chris i don't know if anybody else thinks they are right um (laughs) the little sentence or two and so yours yours one i've kind of been chewing on the last the last you know week or so and it goes Mm -hmm. and and so this isn't the the finished product but it go but this is my thought that adversity Mm -hmm. builds resilience if you have someone to help you Adversity yeah. is traumatic if you have to endure it alone because we cannot right. thrive in isolation. And I think that that's, that's crucial is that you cannot thrive in isolation, um, which is why you have to be, to be, to be present. And, and so um, I, I'm looking at the clock here and, and, and I'm assuming that, that in about eight or nine minutes you're going to tell me, hey, let's finish this up in a part two. <laughs> Uh, because I know I have some things I still want to say here and I know you do too. So let's not get practical, but, but, but yet, but let's just talk about, you know, something that is, there's been really, really, um, let let, let me say that a different way. A little, a little known, little known, um, quality that I have is that I'm an optimist. Okay. I was pausing to see how hard you laughed. I appreciate you not laughing too hard. Um, and, and, and I don't, and, I, and a lot of people who, who meet me, um, will, or, or meeting me is not the case, but a lot of people who work with me will say, you know, I'm direct, I'm driven. I, I a lot of things that, that I perceive as positive qualities, <laughs> but a lot of people don't. Um, mm. but the truth of the matter is, is that I am a starry eyed idealist. I do believe the world can be a better place. I do believe that there can be hope and healing for traumatic, for traumatized people. I do believe that children can learn that they are loved, that they are safe and that people do care about them. I I do believe that recovery is real. I believe in redemption. I I believe in all of those things, Chris, and I guess that makes me an idealist. And so, and so, you know, I, I, you know, like what that means in, in reality is if I see a bag of lemons, I don't see lemons. I see the lemonade inside the lemons, right? And so, right. you know, a lot of people, so, so let's try to make some lemonade here for just a minute. 
uh, in 2020, as, as a result, I mean, we could do this across from the dining room table now, but, but we, we figured out a way to do the podcast with the technology that's available. And now it's just a lot easier for us to do it this way because, well, it's a lot easier for you because you don't have to drive over here. I mean, let's just be <laughs> honest. That's really, really what that means. But, but I don't think, I think we figured out how to use this medium. Our, you know, our, we don't talk over each other. Our, you know, there's still a little bit of awkward in it, but, but it's, not, it's not, not a lot of awkward in it. But one of the things that I've heard a lot of people complain about, speak negatively about, was having to work from home. How a lot of spouses were struggling with that. Uh, how a lot of parents were really struggling with their kiddos because you know now we're schooling from home. Um, even if you're doing a hybrid model for, for for folks that aren't used to doing hybrid models of education or or schooling their kids at home, it was a really a rude awakening. Um, for them. And number two, the, the school systems weren't set up to deliver education in, in that mechanism. Uh, and so, you know, as, as you can attest to, um, you know, I, I don't know if the year ended better than it started, but when they had to pivot to that hybrid, hybrid model, I mean, it had, it had its hiccups get, getting, getting the thing right. off the ground, right? But, but, but for the flip side of me, for me, what it did is it allowed me to to spend more time with my children because because this is my my, my typical day I, I you know this is pre pre March 2020 get up in the morning get up shower get ready roll out the door by between about eight or eight fifteen which are typical because our kids are homeschooled eight o'clock right. about when when they when they wake up so. So I literally go, you know, you know, as they were waking up, I'd say hi and goodbye and get in the car and head out to my office. And then, um, and so, you know, the office is, is, is about 40, 45 minutes away from the house. And so if I'm training, uh, if we were training in person, then I would just stay at the office and I'd get home after mm -hmm. they were in bed. Or even if I wasn't, we weren't doing training, I'd leave the office about five o'clock, get home about six, you know, in the door by about six o'clock. And then there's 30 minutes and they're wrapping up the school day and, and getting ready and it's baths and, and stuff and dinners being cooked and we'll sit down and eat dinner. And then, uh, and then the whole bedtime, uh, routine starts and you know, it's snuggles, prayers, tucking in, off you go to bed. And so, you know, as a dad, I'm getting like, you know, maybe, you know, in all honesty, maybe like 30 minutes a day with my kiddos during the week. Right. right? Um, but, but then we worked from home and, and, and our eight-year-old, now eight-year-old Liberty loves playing cards. Can I try that again, Mr. Chris? Our eight-year-old Libby, if she ever heard me call sure. her Liberty, she gets very upset. I'm like, why? She goes, you only say that when I'm in trouble. And so she's not in trouble now, <laughs> sweet thing. Um, Libby would come to me and she loves playing cards. And she's like, Daddy, can we play cards? And, and I said, okay, we'll play two hands of cards and then go and set a timer for one hour and come back. And we ended up playing cards, two, and two hands of cards takes maybe you know seven or eight minutes. Right. Then we're back, and 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 then we play, and then it, like if you can't step away from your email for eight minutes every hour, you're very important. Um, but I'm not that important. 
and very few of us are that important right and so i had to yeah. learn that it's okay to take it take like like there's no lack you know there's no reduction in productivity i'm still getting everything done i need to get done but but my daughter feels like her dad matters to her and and i've and i've had people say stuff like well you know the two lockdown in 2020 took a year from our of our kids lives and there's you know because people i mean i, I don't know I, I don't want to evaluate that statement or not but what i know is 2020 allowed me to be more present with my children because I was working mm -hmm. from home so much so now that I'm going into my office one day a week and she's like, why, why do you have to go to the office? I mean, you, you, you proved you can yeah. work from home. I said, well, it's just easier for daddy to, to meet with the people on the team if we're all together um, and, and, you know, and, and are able to just, have, you know, have, so, so I stacked my day with meetings. Like I literally don't do anything else except yeah. from one meeting to another at the office. Um, but she's really struggling with that because the the return to normalcy is now actually a reduction in time she gets with daddy and so she's struggling with that a little bit and so you know we have to compensate uh for that and we're we're still trying to play cards and and you know now that i don't have the cast anymore her you know her and i and, and joshua uh, our 13 year old son the three of us will go for bike rides in the afternoon and stuff and just hang out uh but but i have seen my relationship with my children improve by having to be be home because it allowed me to be present in ways um, that I wasn't able to be before. It was always intentional, but right. I didn't have a lot of time, you know. And I think right. sometimes you know, time is is the getting back to the math is is the X factor in a lot of the stuff. Right. So for myself, uh, twenty twenty was started out like I'm sure did for most parents with the kids being home all the time. And then I was home all the time as well. But I have spent the previous uh, 16 years being a stay-at-home parent. So, you know, I was used to the children being around all the time, except for when they were at school. And it wasn't that big of a change. Yep. Uh, except over the summer, we got some news about one of our children that necessitated me re-entering the workforce. Mm -hmm. And after a 16-year absence, being a former IT person, uh, my skills had atrophied. I didn't have the, the background knowledge, practical skills to just dive right back into that particular uh, field. And so I was basically starting all over again. And as uh, Providence would have it, uh, a brand new Amazon warehouse was opening up uh, a less than 10 minute drive from my house and um they are always hiring at amazon never let anybody tell you they cannot find a job um if you are willing to work you can find a job with amazon they have plenty all the time um and so i started working there and uh, i will put to rest right now anything you've read on the internet about the evils of working at amazon warehouse yeah it is false uh, I can tell you that they do not mistreat their workers. We got breaks. We got uh, very generous uh, allowances for to go into the bathroom when we needed to, and uh, you know, no one was peeing inside of a bottle what? or anything like that nonsense that you see out there. Uh, for me, the thing was uh, because we worked four days, a ten and a half hour mm -hmm. shift with a, a, that half hour being for lunch. Um, that those days were essentially just eating, sleeping, and working. Yeah. Um, 
And because of the hours that you work uh, or that I worked, because since I was working in a delivery warehouse where we were prepping packages for delivery by the drivers for that day, uh, my shift started at about 1.15 in the morning and I got off a little bit before noon. And it meant that when I got up to get myself ready to go to work, my children were already in bed. Yeah. And then I got home. They were at school. I would go to bed so I could get some sleep. And then they got home and daddy was in bed. So I literally did not see my children for four straight days every yeah. week. Like not at all. I may see the teenager because he you know, would stay up later than the others. So I might see him. But the other two, I didn't see them at all for three straight days. So I totally get that time yeah. thing being around. And that led to a change of, okay, I, this isn't sustainable for us as a family. My, my wife essentially became a single yep. mom for those four days that I was gone. Um, and so I did get another job, one that allowed me to work from home. And other than you know having a job that I have to do while I'm at home, things haven't really changed a whole yep. lot in terms of my being physically accessible to my kids and thus being able to be emotionally and mentally accessible to them as well. You know, um, I, I was just thinking about, you know, being physically and emotionally accessible. Um, you know, intentionality is, is crucial, right? Because one of the things that we decided to do in the, in the work from home environment is to, is to actually take a lunch break, like not like, mm. um, cause I know there's a lot of people just eat at their desk. Um, I used to do that until somebody told me you really do need to just, it's better for you, for your mental state if you can get away for a minute. So we treat that like, yep. um, you know, we eat together, uh, or some version of that. And I mean, some version that might be like, literally we're just standing in the kitchen with a plate on the counter, <laughs> eating our lunch or whatever. Um, but, right. but we do try to be intentional about it because again, it's a time thing we were talking about. There's, there's these little moments, like you have to make the moments count. Um, cause, cause, mm -hmm. cause you have to make all of the moments count. So I, I don't know if, if I have anything more to say other than that, that's, that sounded like a good final thought. <laughs> I'm just going to quit while I'm ahead. Right. And I think we're definitely going to pick this up with a, with a part two, cause I have some further, uh, well, examples, I guess I should say of, uh, of what life might look like for someone without, yeah. uh, a father present, uh, names that. I'm sure many of our listeners will have heard of at some point in their lives. All right. So uh, until that time, uh, if you have any questions or anything you'd like to share with us about this particular topic, you know, maybe you, you grew up in a home with an absentee father, either physically or emotionally, someone who couldn't give you the guidance that you needed f from a father figure. And you struggled with that. You overcame that struggle Maybe it's something that still affects you and your relationship with your kids today. Please reach out to us, info at onebighappyhome.com, and share. We'd be, we would love to hear uh, your story and what you're dealing with. As always, we've got a uh, Facebook group for our podcast listeners. Just search for the Empowered Parent Podcast community, and you can find many like-minded individuals there as well. Finally, uh, well, I guess we really need to talk about the Patreon whole anymore since the wonderful uh, audio engineer extraordinaire Dallas manages to take care of that for us. But we would love to have you join our Patreon community and directly support the podcast so we can continue uh, bringing these episodes to you. 
until then thanks for listening